and just pray with me as I pray for myself this morning as we enter God's word. Father, we are needy people. We need you to come this morning. Holy Spirit, come. We need your help. Illumine our eyes to your word. Work in our hearts. Open our ears, open the ears of my listeners, that they may have ears to hear. And Father, do a good work in me, that I would be happy with the words that I say this morning. On that wonderful day, when I stand before you in judgment. And it's in the name of Jesus, I pray, all God's people said, Amen. Jeremiah chapter 1 is where we are heading this morning. So if you have a Bible, I want to invite you to go to Jeremiah 1. In case you're wondering where Jeremiah is, it's in the Old Testament. Isaiah, Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a prophet, and so that's where we'll be this morning. Consider the weeping prophet. Did not have a wonderful task given to him by God, but nonetheless he did it. So Jeremiah chapter 1. So put your, just put your finger there. We'll be there in just a minute. Inadequacy. <laughs> Inadequacy. I think simply hearing the word may arouse an array of emotions. It is that feeling when you are incapable, without the necessary abilities and skills to complete a task. And it doesn't matter where you were born geographically, it doesn't matter where you went to school, whether it be Clemson, USC, somewhere else in the country, seminary, it doesn't matter what education you might have, it doesn't matter what type of upbringing that you have come out of, we as human beings are not immune to inadequacy, this struggle. Even those of you that are here, and I pray that this is a message that just breaks you like it has broken me, um, had the prayer ministry team pray for me and um, just shed lots of tears because I need this message. It needs to break me. It needs to break us. Because there are some of us here that probably are very self-sufficient, very type A, very strong. And you need to know right away this morning that you are inadequate. And so I think it's probably helpful to begin with just a question. Have you ever felt inadequate? Perhaps inadequate to meet the the demands and the needs of your family as a father, as a mother. Inadequate to fulfill the demands and expectations of your occupation, your calling. Inadequate to keep going in spite of the energy drain from chronic pain. Inadequate as a mother to care every day for very needy and demanding children. 
inadequate to face another week when we barely made it to this day, Sunday. Inadequate to stop a long-standing habit or an addiction. Inadequate to do this thing called marriage. Inadequate to go on living when every dream has crashed and burned. Let's face it this morning, to be human is to feel inadequate. While you and I are earthbound, we will struggle with what it means to be human, what it means to feel inadequate and to handle life's demands and challenges. But I want us to take heart this morning because you are in great company Biblically speaking, you need to know that this morning because that's the good news. Because as you look through the corridor of time biblically, you see many mighty men and women have this same struggle. Moses felt inadequate, and yet he led the children of Israel. Paul, our patron saint, felt inadequate. So if you would just turn over, I want you to flip over to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. I want to show you this because I think this is probably a very, very helpful place to start. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. This is so good to see from Paul. I love Paul. Paul was always up and down, up and down. And here he says these words for us. Verse 15, 2 Corinthians chapter 2. For we are the aroma of Christ. To God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one A fragrance from death to death. And to other, a fragrance from life to life. And here is the question. Here are the words that I underline in my Bible that mean so much to me. It is the title of my message. Who is sufficient for these things? Essentially, what Paul is saying is this. Some folks are going to smell the fragrance of Christ on you and me, and they're going to accept the gospel message. And thanks be to God, life is going to spring forth, perhaps even this morning. But there's some that will hear our message, hear the message of God, and they're going to hear... Death. They're going to look at the cross, and all they see is death. They see no life. They see no hope, no future, no joy. And so they turn away. And they don't see Christ as precious. 
like we see Christ as precious. And they don't see his suffering as a treasure like we see his suffering as a treasure. And Paul is saying, who can bear the weight of knowing that the aroma of your Christ-exalting life will lead some to eternal life and some to eternal death. Who is sufficient for these things? Answer? No one. (laughs) No one. Paul is not sufficient. You and I, in and of ourselves, are not sufficient. Which is why he says in 2 Corinthians, just a few chapters over, chapter 3, verse 5, not that we are adequate, sufficient, in ourselves to claim anything comes from us, but our Sufficiency, our adequacy, what? It's from God. And brothers and sisters, that's the message this morning for us. That's our message. Inadequacy forces you and me to rely on God for power and strength. Power, strength. On God. So let it sink in. Moses had to learn this. Paul had to learn this. And our prophet Jeremiah this morning had to hear this from God. So back to Jeremiah. Let's just dive in. Verse 6. Inadequacy was Jeremiah's demise as well. We see it here. You heard it this morning read. Look at verse 6. Then I said, ah, Lord God. (laughs) It's kind of like a light bulb went on above his brain, and he's just kind of like, sorry, not the guy for the job. You picked the wrong person. Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. God has three encouragements to the inadequate this morning. He had three encouraging things to say to Jeremiah this morning. And for us, three encouragements to the inadequate. Number one, it is this, your life And my life is in the hands of God, period. And you see that in our text. The first reason Jeremiah should be encouraged to take up this ministry is that his very life is rooted in the unshakable sovereign purposes of God. Notice there are four acts of God surrounding the birth of Jeremiah. Notice them with me. You see the first Right there in verse 5, God knew him. Before I formed you in the womb, I what? I knew you. God took Jeremiah into his loving hand. He set his caring eye upon him and he chose him. 
And that's the biblical idea of God knowing his people, Amos 3.2. This is true for every child of God, according to Romans 8.29. But not only that, secondly, he consecrated him. Before you were born, I what? I consecrated you. God set him apart for this special and holy purpose. He destined him for something significant. And that's true for you as well. In giving every Christian grace and gifts, God consecrates us to be like Mike, no, Jesus Christ. To use our gifts to magnify the mighty name of Jesus. Thirdly, God formed him. God formed Jeremiah in the womb. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. What Jeremiah became through the genetic makeup of his mother and his father, Hilkiah, was no accident. So those of you that are having children or have children, they're not accidents. They may be accident prone, but they're not accidents. God shapes, he designs, and he's shaped and designed all of us. The Hebrew word there for form refers to designing a house or a sculpture. He's designing us. He has designed us. The you that God has to work with today, minus the remnants and effects of sin, is a you that God has designed and knows very well. If he calls you to something, it is because the design is right. It's right. Fourthly, God appointed Jeremiah to be a prophet. God appoints Jeremiah. I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. This is why Jeremiah was born. To use the Star Wars analogy, this was his destiny. Luke, it is your destiny, right? This is destiny. And you have a destiny. No Christian exists merely to make an honest living, raise a family, enjoy retirement, and die. It's not the Christian life. Every one of you are called to ministry today, this morning. Secondly, Verse 7, here's the second word of encouragement to those that are inadequate. God's authority is behind your speaking and going. God's authority is behind your speaking and your going. Look at verse 7. The Lord then said to me, do not say I am only a youth. So those of you that are young and that are here this morning, that you underline that and circle it and just X it up, right? Highlight that. Don't say to me that you're only a youth. 
For to all to whom I send, you shall go. Right, Jonah? If I say go, you're, you're going. I mean, you can take detours, but you're going to Nineveh. And whatever I command you, Jeremiah, you shall speak. In other words, when Jeremiah speaks the words of God, when he announces judgment, or when he promises blessing, it will come to pass. Judgments will break down. Promises will build up. Not because of young Jeremiah, right? That's the point of the passage. It has nothing to do with Jeremiah. It has everything to do with the mighty words of God. So we're not here at St. Paul's today or the marketplace tomorrow by our own commission. Nor do we dare speak on our own authority. Thirdly and lastly, God will be with you and God will deliver you. Verse 8. Love these words. They're so comforting to me. Do not be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of man. For I am with you and I will deliver you, says the Lord. Think a great obstacle to serving the Lord, especially among those that are young, is the fear of rejection and opposition. All kinds of thoughts, I think, enter the mind about how some people might not like the way I do it, the way I live it, the way I say it, the way I carry myself. The way I am, the way God made me. People might disagree. People might be offended. I might make a mistake. I might get criticized. I think this is so true in ministry. The fear of man is a great hindrance in ministry. The fear of man is a great hindrance in churches all across America. So God says, what? Don't fear. Because I will be with you and I will deliver you. God's presence and approval is more, far more valuable than all the accolades of men. And God says that in and through all of your troubles... I will deliver you. You will triumph in the end. You will be more than a conqueror in the end. And the same thing is promised to all of us in Christ Jesus today. Let me give you two passages that just, I put these on your bathroom mirror. Every day, wake up to these passages. The first one is Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6 says, God has said, I will never fail you. I will never forsake you. Therefore, the writer of Hebrews says, therefore, we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. The Lord will help me. I will not be afraid today. 
what can man do to me? Right? There's no Superman crest on our chest. What should be on our chest is son of God, child of God. He's going to deliver me. What can man do to me? And here's the second one, Romans 8.31. You know this passage well. If God is for us, right? Can you finish it? Who can be against us, right? St. Paul's, right? Brothers and sisters, if, if God is for us, who in the world can be against us? I know that all of us here at one time or another have felt the despair of inadequacy. And the answer to our need is a person. And his name is Jesus Christ. He alone has the power that we need to counteract our weaknesses. And I want you to remember today, as you go home, as you drive today, as you enter this week, I want you to remember this. That Christ has died for your sins. And Christ has also died for your inadequacies. Your life is in his hands. His authority is behind your going and speaking. And he will be with you. And he will deliver you. Let's pray. Father, we need, we need this encouraging word. Because in our humanness, we, we try to be good. We try to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. It is the American way. We are so self-sufficient. We are so confident in our in and of ourselves we need this passage just to break us to break us down so that you can build us back up because it is only through your wonderful and matchless grace through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, that you have presented us here today before this altar to come to remember the death of your Son through Holy Eucharist. And so as we come to the altars this morning, Father, help us to remember that. We come not on our own strength, but only through your grace and your mercy. And we pray and ask you to fulfill all of these things. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people said, Amen. Let us now stand.